I'm Rachel Olstead, the intuitive business coach, and this is the Dream Builder Society podcast. My mission is to empower women to create an abundant life of freedom, wealth, and joy. I specialize in helping visionary, driven, and passionate women just like you grow and scale their online businesses through powerful strategy, mindset, and energy healing work. Tune in every week to hear my experiences and tips for building a wildly successful six-figure business while working part-time. I truly believe business gets to be fun and simple. You get to have it all, and I'm here to show you how. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Dream Builder Society podcast. I am excited today to welcome back to the podcast my dear client and friend, Stacy. And today we have a really, really special topic for you guys. But before I dig into that, Stacy, welcome. Would you introduce yourself? Thanks, Rachel. I'm so excited to be here. So I am a holistic parenting and life coach for moms. And I really help moms who are looking to parent in a more conscious or more mindful way, figure out all the pieces of that. A lot of people think it's just strategies that they need to learn. And while that's really helpful, there's a lot more to it. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you say holistic, because although I don't, you know, technically brand myself as a holistic business coach, like we can't help, but look at the whole picture, right, of our businesses, our lives as women, as wives, as mothers, as you know, all of the pieces. And so I love that you do that and focus on that work with your clients and just other, you know, women, whether they have businesses or not. But I think this conversation is going to be really enlightening for um, my audience, particular, because I think a lot of times we, um, and we've talked about this so much. I've talked about this all the time with, you know, and struggled with this myself of like the, I don't have to choose, right. Versus the, I have to choose, right. Motherhood or business or being a good, you know, just human being. And it's like, we can have it all, but what does that look like, especially with the parenting front? And so I would love to dig into that today too, because I know that, you know, when we have personal struggles, they affect our businesses. When we have struggles in our businesses, they affect our personal life. And it is just this holistic view. Absolutely. So today's topic, we are, we're going to kind of be all over the place, I think, but I would love to share a little bit because the work that you do, Stacey, is so powerful, especially to, um, to help women. Um, and, and you can speak on this a lot better than I can definitely, but but the work that you do with women is so much more than just like getting their kids to listen to them, right? I think that's like a big one that that you see a lot, that you hear a lot, and probably that we all struggle with. Like my kid's not listening. What do I do, right? And it's this chronic issue that does sometimes show up in different areas of our lives, right? It affects how we view ourselves and how we, you know, in our marriage and in our businesses too. And so um, I would love to talk today a little bit about kind of the the foundational pieces of uh, what we can actually do, like that we can control, because I think a lot of the, the word control comes up a lot as we're thinking about even parenting, right? And business. And I think just you know, a lot of the the women that I serve and just that are surrounded, like in my community, a lot of us would kind of, I guess, brand themselves or identify themselves as maybe like type A, right? And and a lot of, you know, self-proclaimed control freaks that we want to have some sort of control, right? And we know that we can't control other people and we can't like fully control our kids and all of these things. But what 
can we control as women and even as mothers? And I would love to dig into that piece because really it's like we can only control ourselves. And so how do we how do we focus on that? Right. And, and what does that look like? And I know we're going to kind of talk a little bit about self-care and kind of that, that foundational piece, but I would love to just kind of open up the conversation, Stacey, and and just have you share a little bit about kind of generally the work that you do with your clients and that, that foundational piece like has to start within. Um, And I would love for you to share a little bit about that as we kind of dig in. Yeah, that's, there's a lot in there. So you're, you're right. When it comes to our kids, a lot of us have this sort of belief and even desire to have control over our kids' behavior. We feel like we have to make them behave in a certain way. And that can be a really hard shift when you're moving over to a more conscious, more mindful way of parenting, letting go of the notion that you need to control or make your kids do something. And so there's a lot of belief shifting in that. In order to sort of shift from the, you know, I need to have control over my kids' behavior, you're really looking more at how can you build influence with them. And in order to build influence with your kids so that they want to listen to you and they want to do what you want them to do, building influence requires, you know, a lot of relationship building. And relationship building requires a lot of time and effort. And it's so, so worth it. But if you're coming at that from a place of depletion and you're feeling unfulfilled in other areas of your life and you're exhausted, it's really hard to want to put in that time and effort to build those relationships in your life. And so that's kind of where I start from. What is it that's making you feel so depleted? How can we make you feel more fulfilled? And how are how can we nurture your needs so that you can show up in your other relationships, whether that's with your kid or your spouse or business, whatever it is, how can you show up as the best version of you? Yeah, I love that. And focusing on instead of, instead of focusing on the external things, right. Of like my kid's not listening. What's a new tactic. What's a new strategy. What's a, you know, a, a, code word that like me and my husband can have to like make sure that like we get them to listen or like all of these like things that I think a lot of times and this it's so funny because it all goes back to the model right like and we like to as human beings go to the action right like what can I do what can I change what can I fix and it's never really that and so I love that you are talking about kind of bringing it back to this foundational piece and and working on ourselves first, like going internally so that we feel more in control, whether or not we actually have control just feels better, right? In those scenarios. And we're able to, and I love to, um, there's like so much connection here that we can kind of circle back and bring in a business sense too. And not that we have to have this entire conversation around business because, you know, the women listening are our mothers as well. And that's important role in their lives too. But just this like sequence and even wrote it down as you were talking, right? Like wanting to have control, but really what we want is influence, right? And that creates or how we create influence is by building relationships, but that takes time and we can't do it from this place of depletion and exhaustion and resentment, right? And in it's like that mirrors, it's, it's identical to how we build businesses and how we parent as well and just relationships. So it's like fascinating as you were kind of talking, I'm seeing all of these similarities. And so if we can focus on, you know, ourselves, 
then first, right, the internal piece, then how we parent, how we grow our businesses, how we do all of the things can get so much better, can improve drastically. And so what is one of those like foundational pieces when we talk about working on ourselves, right? I think the term self-care in this day and age sometimes you know, gets thrown around a lot. Right. And I think a lot of women are like, Oh, self-care. It's either like, yes, I really know and love and see the importance or it's like the opposite of like, that's overused. Like, what does that even mean? Who has time for that? Right. But in your words and in your experience and in your work, like what does self-care actually mean? And maybe like, what does it not <laughs> actually mean? And kind of what is that, what does that look like for women to pour into themselves as kind of a, a first step really to, you know, that improving other areas of their life? Yeah, your self-care, you're right. It is kind of overused. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with that word. It's mm-hmm. familiar, so lots of people know it, but people don't know it as deeply as they need to go. And so, you know, I often say pedicures, massages, those are all great, wonderful things, and they can be a part of self-care, but that doesn't go deep enough. And so one of the things I often do with clients is we take a look at their core values. What is really important to them, both as an individual and as a family? And once you know your core values, it becomes a lot easier to create boundaries. And really a boundary, you know, that's another term that kind of gets thrown around a lot. But a boundary is really just a line between what you want in your life and what you don't want in your life. And so when you really know on a deep level what your core values are and what your values as a family are, you can make those decisions about what you're willing to allow in your life and what you're not. And sort of allocate your time and your energy accordingly. And so there's a lot of things you can end up letting go of, which frees up space in your life for the things that are truly important to you, like your family. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you mentioned, you know, the pedicures, the massages, like, I think a lot of times people think like, oh, self care that requires me to spend, you know, like, hours and hours or days or, you know, like taking a trip by myself and getting, you know, nonstop pampering, which is also beautiful and like, definitely a fun thing. And and I think necessary, really. But it can be a lot simpler than that. Like literally setting a boundary in your life can be a form of self-care. And so I would love for you to speak on, on that a little bit more and even kind of giving some like practical, tactical examples of like what this could look like, you know, whether that's in your own life or people's lives that you've you know, known or friends, clients, things like that of kind of what can this look like to start, you know, if, if the women listening have a really great self-care practice, like, first of all, understanding, and maybe, maybe let's dig into this first, like understanding is my self-care actually self-care or is it just like a band-aid to make me kind of feel better, right? Like, I'm sure you see that a lot too, right? Women saying like, yeah, I take care of myself. But then you digging in and you're like, mm, actually, there's some room for improvement, right? I would love to kind of start on that note. Like, what do you see versus what maybe women are thinking they're doing to care for themselves? 
Well, there's something I say about kids that also applies to adults. You know, all behavior is communication and it's true of us too. If you find yourself hiding in the bathroom to eat chocolate by yourself, that's communicating something to you. If you find yourself, you know, I can't wait for the kids to go to bed so I can have a glass of wine, that's communicating something. And what it's telling you is that your deep needs are not being met. If you are escaping or numbing throughout the day like that, no judgment. I've been there. I do that too. But if that's happening, that's a sign that you need to go deeper. You need to look at, okay, what do I really need in this moment? What is that piece of chocolate that I'm scarfing down? And I've been known to do that. What is that filling for me? Like, what do I really need in that moment? Is it, I just need some peace and quiet? I need a creative outlet. I need, you know, what is it that you truly need? And so start by looking at your behaviors throughout the day and figuring out, okay, what is my body really trying to tell me? Yeah, that's super interesting. Just like the awareness, right? We talk about that all the time, just acknowledgement and awareness of what's going on because yeah, we've all been there, right? Like just, you know, running kind of like quote unquote running away to your room or the bathroom or whatever, like in a moment of just kind of share, like I just need some peace and quiet, but what do you actually need? I love that kind of like that taking inventory. And so that almost sounds like the first step, even if someone does think that they have a really great self-care practice and are pouring into themselves, like that just taking inventory, right? And maybe just noticing almost like tracking your, you know, in, in nutrition, oftentimes it's like nutrition coaches or dietitians or whatever doctors will say, like, start tracking your foods and like, how does it make you feel? And just be really in tune with yourself. Because I think so often as moms too, we are just so, you know, the, the guilt I think is so strong and deep seated. And so many of us that it's like, we pour out, we pour out, we pour out, we give, 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 right? But then where where is that coming from, right? Like the energy or the lack thereof is maybe not there. And so I see a lot, even just in like myself, my own motherhood journey, like sometimes the resentment, right? Or the, you know, kind of sometimes turning into like selfishness, right? Like, is it selfish of me to need some quiet time, right? Or should I be pouring into, you know, my kids or doing X, Y, Z, right? And so what, what would be kind of the next step? I Maybe this might be helpful just to kind of have our listeners think about like, okay, you do feel like you're you're struggling. I think to an extent, we all kind of struggle, right? In motherhood, no one's perfect. No one has all the answers, right? But kind of like a, a roadmap of sorts, right? Like if you feel like you're you're struggling and like maybe not, you know, not meeting the needs of your kids and yourself, and that's showing up in a lot of different areas, like taking inventory first, right? And and kind of going back to those core values. But what would you say is kind of the next step to that? Like once we kind of have that inventory of like, oh, what does this chocolate actually mean <laughs> that I need right now? Like what what do you feel like is the next step and kind of what do you advise people to do as far as taking that self-care to the next level after you have that awareness? Yeah, it it sort of depends on what it, it brings up 
I'll give you a little story. A few years ago, when I was in my day job, I would find myself on my way home at the end of the day, stopping at Starbucks and then sitting in the parking lot to drink my drink because I wasn't ready to go home yet. And it was sort of that I knew I needed something, but what was it that I needed? And what I found out eventually was that I just needed a whole new career, which is a really huge thing to realize. And so after making the realization and coming back to what's important to me and what I value, then sometimes some tough conversations have to happen. Who in your life do you need to let into that so that they can support you on whatever it is the journey that you need to take is, whether it's finding a creative outlet, whether it's having more time for just you, or whether it's finding a whole new career. You need to have those conversations. Who can support you? Who can you let in on that Journaling can be really helpful to get your thoughts down on paper, get all those feelings down on paper. But I would say conversations with those in your life are probably a good next step so that you can be supported in whatever decisions you need to make. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So having that awareness too, and having the openness too, to like actually share that, right? I think the vulnerability piece is sometimes kind of scary for all of us, right? But especially as women, as moms, like we wear so many hats and to be the one who is needy, right? Or needing something is sometimes hard to like admit, right? And so I love that getting your thoughts out and the journaling practices as well. I think a lot of this comes back to just like what I talk about a lot too, is like the idea of desire, right? And you kind of hinted towards it when you were talking about, you know, what are you allowing versus what are you not allowing? Like, what are you available for kind of thing? And coming from that place of desire, right? Like, what do we really want? What do I really want for myself? What do I really want for my family? And really coming from that place versus what should I want or what should I be doing or what should my kids be doing? How should, right? Like that should word I think holds so much, (laughs) holds so much space unnecessarily in our lives. And so kind of getting back to that idea of like, how can this self-care practice like really allow ourselves and, and allow even on a parenting front, like basically the simple question is like, how can self-care actually help our kids, right? Like how can, how can self-care be that catalyst to just help us be better moms, right? And help our relationship with our kids improve. I know that's a loaded question, but. (laughs) Well, if you think of two moms, one who gives, 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 does everything she can for her kids, is always there for her family, but doesn't pour into herself and is therefore tired, exhausted, maybe resentful. And then you think of another mom who is, of course, there for her kids and her family, but is also showing up for herself and feels really fulfilled and happy and joyful. How, what's the difference in how they show up for their family? Which one would you rather have as a mother, someone who's feeling really fulfilled and happy or someone who's resentful and angry and exhausted. And so obviously everyone wants the happy, fulfilled mother. They show up in a different way. So there's that side of it. But then there's also, I look at it as, as particularly for me, because I have a daughter, 
if she decides someday to have children, do I want her to grow up thinking that in order to be a good mother, she has to give, 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 and never look after herself? And it, of course, I don't. I want her to be able to nourish herself. I want her to feel fulfilled and happy and all the things. And therefore, I have a responsibility to embody that for her, to role model that for her so that she knows that's an option. You know, when I was growing up, my mother was from the generation that, you know, they went to work because they had, she had to, she, you know, did all of the things that she had to, but didn't necessarily make her happy. And she was a wonderful mother and we had a great childhood, but she didn't necessarily show how to care for yourself as a mother, as well as looking after your family. And so thinking at it, you know, how you would feel as a mother being fulfilled and whatnot, but then also the role model piece of it, I think is really important. Yeah, I love that of like, just the responsibility that we have to decide because too, I think a lot of people and you probably see this in your line of work a lot where people tend to parent right in a way that how do I, how do I say this kindly that um, basically incorporates kind of a combination of like one, what their parents did for them. Right. And two, what they really didn't like that their parents did that they're trying to do the opposite. And it's like this, like clashing kind of this paradox of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, bring in this side of my childhood, but then also try to avoid this side. Right. And then you have your partner or spouses, you know, family stuff that you're bringing in too, but just that responsibility of instead of like, how do, um, you know, like how was I parented and trying to either do the same or do the exact opposite thinking about like, what is my child? Like, what is this child as an individual really need? And how do I want to model those behaviors to them? That is like a whole different perspective. Actually, I think then a lot of people are approaching parenting with, right? Instead of like a child should, you know, a parent should do this and a child should do this. Like basically it's almost like you're saying, Stacy, to like, you get to create your own set of rules, right? Like you get to create your own relationships without having these like preconceived notions and, and these beliefs. I love that. Yeah. That idea of responsibility, especially, you know, as a mother and and mothering daughters, myself having two girls, um, that feels that feels kind of like a big responsibility. <laughs> like it feels really heavy, but it also can feel really fulfilling, right? When we feel fulfilled, and that is a missing piece for so many people in so many different ways. But what, as far as like behaviors. I want to kind of circle back to what you said about like kids too, right? All behaviors are are just a form of communication, right? And how that kind of reflects into us as as women, as moms too. What do you see the most? And maybe we can kind of dig into a little bit of like the actual nitty gritty, like parenting stuff here of, of women, um, maybe some of like the biggest struggles that moms have with their kids and kind of dig into briefly, like what that is trying to communicate, right. So that we can have some awareness. Cause I know you talk about this all the time 
and in your community and, and, you know, with your, with your space. But if someone's not in your space and has no idea of what this like conscious, holistic, like very like self-aware, holistic parenting looks like, what are some of the main struggles that you see and how, how can we start seeing it in a new lens that that's actually just a form of communication? So one of the things that comes up often, because I deal with a lot of families with very young children. And so there's a couple of things that come up. Number one, we sort of touched on not listening, just wanting our kids to listen. And then the other thing I would say is, you know, big emotions. Sometimes it's a tantrum, sometimes it's, you know, meltdown, but having really big emotions. And so in order to understand what those situations are communicating, I'll just really briefly give you a rundown of the brain and how it's developing when you're really little. So there's sort of three parts of the brain. There's the survival brain that we're all born with, which controls, you know, digestion, all those automatic processes that keep us alive. So that's, we're born with that intact, ready to go. Then there's the emotional brain and the thinking brain. So the emotional brain is where your kids are sort of living in that zero to four or five phase. And that part of your brain is not good at making decisions. It's not good at thinking about the consequences of your actions. It's not good at impulse control. It's lots of emotion. The thinking part of the brain really doesn't start developing until your child is like five, six, and it goes all the way till you're in their mid twenties. And so, and that's like, that's where you have your impulse control and thinking ahead consequences of your actions and whatnot. So when your kids are having trouble listening, or when your kids are having big emotions, a lot of it relates back to where they are developmentally. And what they need rather than a punishment or a consequence is support to develop the part of the brain that will help them have more control in that situation. So if your kid is having a you know meltdown, a tantrum, they've been told they can't have something, what you want long-term is for them to understand that they can't always have what they want. And so in the moment, what you want is for the emotions to calm down. And the way that because they can't regulate their own emotions to a high degree yet, because that part of the brain hasn't developed, they rely on you to co-regulate. So you're helping each other. You need to come in with that nice, calm energy so that they can sort of partake in that calm. They need to feel like their needs are heard and understood, even though you're not necessarily giving them what they want in order for them, in order for those big emotions to kind of dissipate. And doing that over and over again helps kids have access to that higher order thinking part of their brain so that as they grow and develop, they can do that for themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah, a thousand percent. And like this, the um, psychologist in me like just loves, loves digging into this piece. And I hope it's really fascinating for our listeners too. But like, um, and I love how you explained just that. And I want to echo this idea of like, really at, I, I think every human being, but especially kids, because they're, they're not like consciously aware of a lot of these things in these early stages, like truly just like want and need three things. Like they want and need to be seen, to be heard and to be understood. Right. And parenting from that approach. And I think just like that shift of understanding that, right. In like its simplest way, instead of, you know, trying to 
figure out exactly, you know, exactly the problem or exactly, you know, why your kid is acting this way or that way, just understanding like, okay, they just want to feel seen, heard and understood. So how can I approach this situation? Like you said, calmly. And I think that, um, that like approaching, approaching something with how you would want to be approached with it as well. It kind of goes back to like the golden rule, right? Like treat others how you want to be treated. And I love that because as moms, it can feel really stressful, right? To be like racking our brain, like, why is my kid doing this, right? Why are they acting like this? And there's maybe not necessarily a logical reason, right? That they're like deciding to make mom mad or like deciding that like putting on shoes is no longer their, you know, preferred activity before leaving the house or whatever it is. But like, it sounds like you're, you're really saying Stacy, that like to create just like a better environment really in our homes and relationships with our kids is just trying our best to see them, to hear them and understand them like in the moment, right. Rather than trying to like over explain or rationalize things. Right. Am I kind of on, on the same page there? Yeah. When they're in that phase, they can't hear you anyways. Their rational brain, the thinking brain isn't working. So they can't hear that logic from you at that moment anyways. The other part of that though, is when our kids are not listening or having big emotions, that can be really triggering for us for lots of reasons. Mm-hmm. Often going back to our own childhood, not feeling seen, not feeling heard, not feeling understood. And so when a child is not listening to you, it can feel like, oh, that's really disrespectful. They're doing this on purpose. You know, I'm not being listened to. And so in some ways it has nothing to do with our child and it has everything to do with what it's bringing up for us. And so healing those wounds is really helpful in being able to show up for your child in a calm way. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful, Stacey. I actually love that you brought that up. Just like that, that inner work and healing is like, and and in my experience, and I know for you too, has been like one of the most pivotal pieces of like my just adult life is doing some of that healing, right? Whether it's actually like energetic inner child, you know, deep energy work, or just really, you know, going back and looking at our experiences too, and what we, you know, and just feeling the feelings and acknowledging and healing from a lot of that is, I think truly like the most, like the most impactful form of self-care, right? Like I think, you know, the massages and the, you know, time out with our friends or, you know, the date nights or the, you know, bath with the book and the candle, like those are all amazing, but they are so fleeting, right? Like it does, it's just such a band-aid approach if you're not doing and like willing to do the deep work you know, healing things that we all have, whether like, I think we all have trauma in our lives, whether it's quick trauma, slow trauma, right? Like the big T or the little T trauma. I think we all do. Right. And acknowledging that, that just like light bulbs went off in my head, even as you were just speaking, like how we parent is sometimes not even like in the moment, like this is frustrating, but actually triggering something like way, way, way deeper that we may not have ever even explored. Right. And so 
doing that work, right? Whether it's by yourself or with a, you know, a counselor or therapist, or even better, I think coaching, right? Because there's way different tools that can be used in coaching that a lot of therapists and counselors maybe aren't um, using or even able to use in their industry right now, but is so profound. And so do you find, Stacey, that like a lot of women or moms are really maybe I am imagining that you probably see two spectrums, but share with me and share with us a little bit about like, do you find that a lot of moms and women like recognize that they need the healing and recognize that? Or do you feel like a lot of women and moms like are really kind of just operating from a place of almost survival in parenthood? Like, what do you see, see more of? Yeah, you're right in the two, like there really are both. I see both. Parenthood can be relentless. And so on a day-to-day level, you really are just trying to survive. It's Mm -hmm. hard if you don't, if you haven't created the space where you have time to do some of that self-reflection, it can be hard to have that realization that you have some wounds to heal. Kids are really good at showing us what we need to work on. Absolutely. (laughs) But if you don't have that awareness that that's what they're doing or that's what's happening in the moment, then it can feel like, you know, why is my kid doing this? How can I make my child stop this? And it's all very child focused rather than going inner. I know for myself, since I've started working on a lot of that inner stuff, the things that my kids do that used to drive me crazy don't drive me crazy anymore because it's not triggering those wounds within me. I can show up and be calm, same situation, same behavior, but I can react differently because I've healed some of that stuff that has come up. Hmm. I love that because now it's not, how do I change them? But it's how do I change me out of a place of love? Right. And like you said, I'm, chances are like your, your kids didn't stop doing the things that were annoying. Right. And our kids don't just stop being kids, right. Maybe they start listening a little bit better because you're, you, you know, we are able to start listening better because they're modeling our behavior. Right. But I love that you said that because I think, um, I think that just, just in general and parenting and business and all of these, all of these different areas of our lives, we, again, want to look outward, like how can this person change or this thing change or this situation change? And then I'll be happy and then I'll feel good and then I'll feel peaceful. And then we'll have time to do X, Y, and Z. But, um, what you're saying is kind of the opposite. Like those things can still be just circumstances, right? Kid yelling right? Kid not listening, kid throwing a tantrum is really just a circumstance, right? And your kids probably still do that, right? In different ways as they've gotten older. Um, and, and all kids, their tantrums just change, right? And like how they manifest themselves. But interestingly enough, you can have a totally different reaction to that because you're caring for yourself first, right? with some of that, that deeper work. Yeah. I love that. And that idea of like, yeah, kids, kids are showing us. Um, I think that's like one of the beautiful things about motherhood too, is that like, it's just a chance for us to, to kind of, um, 
figure out like how we can become better versions of ourselves and just showing us like all of the areas that we are amazing, but also all the areas that like could use some improvement. And it was actually funny, like I'll just share kind of a little personal story on this. Our oldest just turned four and she is she is literally identical to me in like every single way, shape and form. And I I was kind of a an intense child. Um, I had a lot of big emotions. I had a lot of um, very much considered a quote unquote strong willed child. And she's exactly the same way. And so it's interesting. It's like, we think like, oh, that's me. Like, I get it, right? I can parent <laughs> this child. But actually, I found it so much harder because of like the lack of awareness, right? And so as I grow, as she grows, like, it's really interesting. Like my husband will have to point out, right? Like if I'm kind of losing, <laughs> losing it with her, he's like, you realize, right? Like, and, and this is all out of love. Like you realize it's just a mirror to you. And I'm like, yeah, that's why it's frustrating. Right. And so it's so interesting that it's like definitely stuff with me that I need to work on. And when I take that time and acknowledge that and do that work and, and just reflect on that, then our relationship gets better. But it's so interesting how that works. And it's like the most frustrating, but also the most rewarding thing <laughs> that really like we have, you know, the the ability to, to do in this life. And so why I, I want to dig into kind of a, a, another piece of this, even a little bit deeper, like, why is this work, Stacey, that you do like, so important really. And I, and I think that, you know, we've talked about a lot of pieces and like why a lot of these different individual pieces are so important, but like, what, like, what drives you, I guess, individually, like as a woman, as a mom to do this work with other women, other moms in this holistic way, like to focus on parenting, to focus on self-care, like, why is this work so important? I, I I think it's wildly important, but I would love to hear kind of your perspective because I think there's probably a lot of moms out there that are like, yeah, I know it's important. Like I know I should, you know, get help in some capacity, whether that's actually getting the help of a coach or just starting to do some of this work on their own, even, you know, as a first starting point. But like, why is it so impactful? There's a couple of aspects to that. When I first started, it was all about the kids and helping people to see kids as more than just their behavior. Understanding that punishing a child for behavior doesn't actually help. It just causes a lot of you know blame, shame, fear, all of that stuff. And so coming at it from a place where how can we support kids? How can we um, sort of scaffold all of that development? That was really important to me. As I dug in deeper to it, though, and as I grew as a parent, the self-care aspect really came in because moms often don't have that voice. They don't speak up and say, this is what I need. They don't reach out for support. And so it can be really hard when you're saying to parents, OK, here's a better way to interact with your kids. Here's a better way to support their development but there's no support on the personal front, it's really hard to be successful with your kids. And so they, I really believe that the two have to go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's really beautiful because I think that in in our day and age too, with you know the the Pinterest life, right? That's like available to us. It's like, oh, you have this problem. Here's a solution. Do this. Do that. Again, looking at the actions, but not having the emotional capacity or time and support to do those things. It makes it again, like even more difficult to feel like here's what I want to be doing or should be doing, but like, how do I actually make it happen? And so I imagine that that's probably one of like the biggest, you know, when we talk about getting support or like, if we just, you know, any woman listening to this episode, like, Hey, you just need to care for yourself. And then, you know, your life will get better and your relationships will get better. And it's like, at its core, like, yeah, it's true. But then the question or the objection arises, like, I don't even know where to start. I don't have time. I don't have resources. I don't have the support. Right. So like, what's your take on that? Like, how do you help women kind of overcome that objection of I'm imagining the time thing is probably the biggest one, right? Like there's just no time, right? Like what would you say to someone, a mom, especially that might be struggling individually and it's, you know, even more amplified, right? In, in her parenting relationship, like what would you say to someone who feels like they don't even have the time to care for themselves? First of all, a lot of that comes back to what we talked about at the beginning is your core values. Do you value the relationship you have with your kids? Do you value the relationship with your spouse, with your partner? Are those super important to you? And if they are, And if that's where you want to see improvement, then you will find the time. Mm, Yeah. Find the time. It's basically like black and black and white. Like I don't like to think about, you know, life and, and just um, this experience as, you know, a black and white and all or nothing. But in this scenario, yeah, it is. It's almost like if it's important, you will make time. And so taking that inventory, right? Like, okay, on a scale of one to 10, how important are my kids to me? Okay, well, like, if it's not a 10, let's do the work and figure out why right now. And then make time, right? What, um, what are some like ways that moms, um, or that you could even recommend, like, if they don't even know where to start, and they're just like, all of this sounds so overwhelming, but so great at the same time. But where do I start? Like, Where, what are some simple steps, some simple shifts, some simple ways to just start this process of caring for themselves and, you know, caring for their families at an even higher level because of that? Like what, what, what are kind of the the initial steps that you would recommend? I would say start by kind of doing an, an inventory of your own needs. Do some journaling and ask yourself some really good questions. What is it that you need? What is it that makes you feel fulfilled, but maybe you're not doing right now? And just, and you're just asking yourself the questions right now. You're not making any big life changes yet, but just start asking yourself the questions. If I could have any day I wanted with my child, what would that look like? And then you can start thinking about, okay, if I did make some changes, what changes would those be to support that ideal vision I have of life with my family? All starts with a question. What is it that you truly want? What is truly important to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'm just actually thinking about that. Um, It sounds so simple, but I say fascinating because 
most people don't do that. Right. And I even see that in, in my work, like as a business coach, right. When, when women come to me, they have no idea like what their vision is even right. And if we don't even know what we want and where we're going and what we're like working towards and, and truly desire, like how in the world can we take the steps and ask for the support to get there? Right. And so it does all start with questions. But as far as the support thing, I would love to talk about that briefly. Like, okay, so let's say we have a vision, we know our core values, we know what we want and need. And and we know kind of like, okay, maybe some of the things that we're missing in our life that would help us feel individually more fulfilled, right? And what we want, you know, with our parenting and, and relationship with our kids, like, now what? Like, do we do it all ourselves? Right. Cause I think a lot of moms are like, I'm superwoman. I can and should and will just like do it all, especially for women that maybe find it hard to like ask for support. Right. What types of support do you feel like are important to have to support us individually as women and moms? And like, how can we go about like getting some additional support in our journeys with you know, with all of this considered? Yeah, there's lots of different support you can look at. Of course, number one, I've worked with several coaches myself. I'm a coach. I think coaching is amazing. Having that outside perspective, having someone who can ask you really tough questions and get to the heart of of what's going on can be super helpful. There are other types of support too. Having those tough conversations with your spouse and figuring out what your vision as a couple is and how you want to realize that together. Asking for household support, whether that's with cooking, cleaning, grocery shopping, you know, childcare, whatever that looks like for you, that can be super helpful. So there's lots of different avenues for support. And if you find yourself hesitating to reach out for any of those, then ask yourself why. What is it that's stopping you? What is standing in your way? Because there's probably some beliefs lurking around in there that making it really hard to reach out. And so looking at that can be super helpful too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And even just sharing that, like, yeah, you don't have to do it all right. Like you don't have to, if going to the grow, you know, like even an example, like if going to the grocery store and spending two hours or three hours every week, driving their grocery shopping, coming back, putting it all away and doing it all with your kids. And they're, you know, that's a trigger for you and for them to have meltdowns or right. Like just taking stock of, okay, what are the big trigger points and like, what is not enjoyable, right? Like I found that that was no longer enjoyable for me. So we got a grocery delivery service and now we just go pick up like a couple of the extra things that we want from our super close local grocery store and having those just those support pieces. It doesn't have to be spending thousands of dollars on a, you know, whatever, like live in nanny. Like it doesn't have to be those big things. But yeah, I love that you gave, you know, lots of different examples of things, you know, both, both monetary, you know, support that requires some sort of investment, right? But then other support of literally just asking for help from like people that are already in our lives, right? whether that be parents or friends or spouses, I think. And I see this too, like so often, I'm sure you see it all the time where women are feeling like, you know, like, oh, I can't ask my husband to help me with this. And, you know, like even 
working together, you know, um, with you as my client and me working with my own coaches, like having those same conversations, like, okay, your husband probably wants to help you right, in these different cases, or like there are probably family members or friends who would just like love to pour into you if you allowed them to. And so kind of that acceptance too, of like, okay, maybe I can't do it all. And that's okay right? Like it's okay that I can't do it all because it will allow us to, um, you know, fill in the support that we really, really do want and need as well. Yeah. I love that. Do you feel like Stacey, there's been a big shift, even just like in your own personal experience, like with you, you know, doing the inner work and, and really, really being a product of your product, right? Practicing what you preach, showing up for yourself. Do you feel like your children, and I know that they're still, you know, young, not as, not as little as, as mine or some of the listeners, but do you feel like your children respond differently to you? And do you feel like it's really obvious that your relationship with them and just like their, you know, their behaviors even have, have changed for the better? Yeah, for sure. It's so much easier to gain cooperation. You know, one of the things that we've been working on lately is having them help out with the weekly cleaning. And a lot of families struggle with this, and I totally get it. But I have a six-year-old and a nine-year-old who willingly clean their bathroom every week because it's something we've worked on together. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. get angry about the process. I don't get frustrated. We just work through it together. When they're upset, knowing how to handle those big emotions, instead of feeling like I have to fix it, I can just let them have those emotions and process that. And they move through it a lot quicker when I'm not jumping in there trying to fix everything for them. Knowing that they can come to me when something has happened, whether they you know, are playing and they break something or whatever it is, knowing that they're not going to be punished, but that I will help them solve the problem has definitely helped our relationship. And as they get into those teen years and they end up in problems, I want them to be able to come to me. I don't want them to have to figure it out all on their own. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking that as you were talking, I'm like, yeah, like to be like to cultivate basically that like relationship as like, I'm a safe haven for you. And like, I'm not going to fly off the handle when something goes wrong or if, you know, like you don't behave how I want you to exactly (laughs) behave that like you can still come to me and I'm still going to be supportive and loving and like see you and hear you and understand you, but also like help you through it. Right. And I love that perspective because that can apply to, you know, a mom who has a one-year-old, a four-year-old, a 10-year-old, an 18-year-old, like it doesn't matter, right? Like parents are always parents, kids are always kids. And like, I still, you know, like cultivating that relationship at a young age too. So like, you know, other, other women with young children like us, it's not wasted, right? It's not wasted. And it's not like these early years are like, oh, just get through it, right? Kind of thing. And then it'll be better. Like cultivating this now can can be such a can build such a better relationship for the future too. Which is really, really powerful that it's not just like, okay, 
get your kid to start listening, right? And that's like it, end of story. <laughs> but that it's, it goes way deeper than that. And that is truly like something that I love of just the work that you do, Stacy. is that, yeah, it's, it's so much more than just like, okay, care for yourself and your kids will start listening. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not like a, a quick fix, but, but doesn't have to, I think, take a long time. Right. And I think a lot of people have that assumption of like, oh, this is going to be like an arduous experience and like take forever and be so frustrating through it. And it's like, okay, well, you do it now and you see the fruits of your labor, or you just keep struggling and keep feeling resentful and keep going down this path. And it's basically like the ball's in our court, like we can stop it anytime. Um, and I think the first thing is just like truly asking for help and just admitting that like, Hey, I might need a little bit of help in this area. And like, it's not a bad thing, right? Yeah. We all need help at some point. That's definitely not a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. As we kind of like wrap up here, I would just love to like just touch on briefly since I know we talked a lot about motherhood, but I think this so beautifully connects with business too and how we approach business, just both being entrepreneurs and moms and the women listening, being, you know, business owners, moms, wives, all of the things like how caring for, and I specifically want to talk about like how caring for ourselves and like doing this work can also help us thrive in our businesses as well. And can actually be like, I kind of talk about my business as like my, well, now that I'm pregnant with my third, it'll be my fourth baby, whatever you want to think about it. But like, I think about my business as kind of like a baby, right? That like, I really want to nurture and grow and like, and and really take care of and show up in a way that like, I'm not trying to control it, but really just like, again, we talking about like, we think we want control, but really what we want is influence. Like, can you kind of like bridge the gap if possible between like how we show up for ourselves improves our parenting, right? And that relationship with our kids versus how we show up for ourselves can drastically improve the results that we get in our businesses, like with that same kind of mirror image. Like, does that make sense? Can you speak to that at all? Yeah. If you think like when we talked earlier about, you know, two mothers, one who's super fulfilled and happy and joyful and one who's depleted and resentful and exhausted. If you show up to your business as depleted and empty and, and exhausted, your results will reflect that people will not resonate with you. That energy is what you're putting out there. Where if you're feeling fulfilled and joyful and happy, people are really attracted to that. People love that energy and that will be reflected in your business as well. Yeah. A thousand percent. Like I can't, I think it can be explained that simply. And I love how simply you made that seem, but it's really this energy of like, I sometimes talk about it in the terms of sufficiency versus insufficiency, right? When you're approaching life and business from a place of sufficiency, like I know who I am. I know what I want. I know why I'm doing this. I know who I am. I care for myself. I put myself first. I rest when I need to. I, you know, yeah, just show up for yourself from a place of sufficiency. Then it's like, you don't need anything from anyone else, right? To make you feel better, 
Right. And that's in parenting too, right? Like I don't need my kid to listen to make me feel like a good mom, right? Like I don't need a client to pay me to make me feel good or to, you know, still love the journey and and the business, but that insufficiency, right? Showing up to our life, right? Feeling insufficient, then we're always needing something from someone else. And we come at our marketing even and our sales and, you know, on a parenting front, like we need our kids to listen so that we feel like a good mom, right? Where we need to, you know, do this or show up here because we need a client, because we need money, because we want to feel a certain way, right? Because of that And that is so, like you said, reflected in the energy that we're putting out, that insufficiency. And I think it, yeah, does come back to a lot of that self-care, right? If we're Mm -hmm. feeling insufficient and with our rest, right? And maybe just like going, 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 never stopping, never pausing to care for ourselves or do the work and all of that can be really powerful because like you said, like, I'm just going to reiterate, this is like blew my mind right away. Like the parenting and the business, like kind of like outline that you gave, like we think we want control, but really we want influence. How do you build that? You build relationships, right? You build relationships out of sufficiency and out of love, right? And not out of depletion and exhaustion and neediness. And I think it so beautifully relates on both sides because it's all just building relationships, right? Our relationship with ourselves, with our kids, with our spouse, with our business, with our clients, with our potential clients. Like if we can just approach it from a place of love, right? And helping our kids, helping our clients, right? Feel seen and heard and understood. Like that's just like truly the recipe for success, Right. And we can think about it in so many different ways that like blew my mind as you were kind of talking (laughs) there as I was thinking, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the exact same approach that we can have. And so we can I want and I, I brought that up because I want it to be this idea of like, oh, business like doesn't have to be in this box and parenting doesn't have to be in this box. Like we can have it all and it doesn't have to be as complicated as we're making it. Right. And I think that's something that so many women get stuck with. Right. Like I have to choose because this is intense and this is intense and I can only handle so many intense things at one time. But really, like if we're approaching it with the same perspective, it's just these different things that we're doing in our lives out of love. Right. Because we want to and we desire to. Do you have anything to add to that, Stacey? Yeah, just when you were talking about we can have it all. Yes, we can absolutely have it all, but it doesn't mean we have to do it all. And so Mm -hmm. that support where you need it so that you can have all the things that are important to you is really key. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we can have it all, but we don't have to do it all. And I definitely, I mean, wholeheartedly agree with that and getting that support that we need. And I wrote down something earlier as you were kind of talking that I want to just kind of circle back to as we finish up. Um, like building a life and building a relationship, like with your kids and spouse and like building just a life and a business too, that like, you don't have to, you don't need an escape 
from. And I think that, um, you know, I, I see a lot of people like marketing with that idea of like build a life that you don't need to like, you know, have a vacation from, but it is really profound if you think about it. Cause I think a lot of us do try to escape or buffer, you know, different things in our life, but like building a life and a business that you don't actually need an escape from like knowing that's actually real, like you can do that, I think it's really freeing and really fun to think about too, for a lot of moms who maybe feel like they're in the thick of it, right. With little ones. And it's like, you know, you're trying to balance all of these things, but there is a really great middle ground. And it just starts with like, like you said, taking that intake. And so if there are women, you know, listening who feel overwhelmed with all of this and feel like they're a bad mom and a bad business owner and, a, you know, like things just aren't going the way that they want. I love that advice that you gave, like literally just sit down and take some time and ask yourself some questions and journal on it and see what comes up and just start there, start there. And, and then, yeah, implement some support systems from there, I think is going to be really, really profound. Even if women feel like they have it figured out, right. And they're like, okay, I have support. I have, okay, well, like, how can it be better? Right. Like asking ourselves those questions, um, as well. I love that. Cece, this has been such a enlightening conversation, not only for myself, like as a fellow mom and and entrepreneur, but I'm sure for our audience as well. Um, And so if they want to learn more about not only how to be a more conscious, holistic, loving parent um, and like work on themselves in the process, like how can they find out more about you, about working with you? What, where can, where can we find more? Yeah, this has been super fun. If they, if people are looking for more information, I hang out a little bit on Instagram, uh, Parenting from the Heart. You can also find me quite often in my Facebook group, same name, Parenting from the Heart. I call it Conscious Parenting for Real Families. And uh, yeah, I'm happy to connect with people in either place. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll definitely link up those those links for the Facebook group for Instagram too in the show notes. And what if women are listening and they're like, oh my gosh, I need Stacey in my life. Like now I've maybe hired coaches before, but never a parenting coach, or I've just never hired a coach in general, but I really need like, really need that support right now. What does that look like to work with you? Yeah, super simple. Send me a message and let me know that you're looking for support and we'll have a Uh, super easy conversation in messages. We can hop on a call together and see if we're a good fit and uh, go from there. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And again, it doesn't have to be like, it's literally one of those, one of those things where it's like, Hey, I need support. How can, you know, I need help and having that open conversation from there is beautiful. Absolutely. And we are recording this episode a little bit in advance, but It is by the time that our listeners are listening to this, it will be sometime in May of 2021. And where can they, you have something special going on in this month. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and how they can find out a little bit more? In my group on Facebook is all about moms. And so all of the things we've been talking about, using core values to set boundaries, figuring out where you need support in your life, all the things, 
we will be talking about that all month long in May. I have a couple of guest experts lined up to help you figure out exercise and nutrition, to help you have difficult conversations with your spouse. So I'm really excited about all the things happening in my Facebook group in May. Beautiful. So fun. Okay. So as um, moms are listening, if they haven't already joined your Facebook group, Parenting from the Heart, definitely go check that out. All of the goodness in there. And just like, don't forget to pour into yourselves, right? Not only in the month of May, as it is Mother's Day and all all things devoted to moms, but like the rest of the year too, because all of us as moms like matter, right? Our, our sanity matters so that we can just show up in, you know, the best way possible for, you know, all the other relationships that we have in our life. And so they see your work is like so wildly important. And I think all moms need to work with you truly. Like I, I really think like all moms need what you have to offer. And I'm so excited just about, yeah, moms getting the support that, that they need and, and deserve and just want to thank you for doing this work for for women everywhere and for moms and and for coming on the podcast and sharing about this this conversation has been super fun i've really enjoyed it yeah absolutely okay until next time bye stacy bye rachel all right that's it for today's episode of the dream builder society podcast If you enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. By leaving a review, you're helping us get this content into the hands of other powerful women and playing a part in fulfilling our mission of empowering women to build their own dream lives and businesses. Don't forget to head over to my Facebook group, The Dream Builder Society, for more guidance, support, and high-level training so you can start learning, growing, taking action, and getting results in your business right now. See you there.